Our loving Father in heaven, praise, glory, honor, and adoration be unto you for once more. You have deemed it fit that we should receive of your blessings. We thank you, Lord, for making us to be partakers of those who are living today. We do understand, Lord, that this blessing is not given to us because of any righteousness or holiness we have, but in your great, great mercy and love, you have blessed us with life. We say thank you, Lord. You know that the best thanks and the best praise we can give to you is to reflect your glory on the earth, is to be instruments through whom your will will be done on the earth. Therefore, we pray your will be done on this earth as it is in heaven. Use us, Lord, to bring about the fulfillment of your will. Grant us of your spirit that we may do what is right and well-pleasing in your sight. As we go through this devotion, may it help us to achieve that. Thank you, Lord, for hearing and answering our prayers. In Jesus' name I've prayed. Amen. Our High Calling, April 24 Feeling and Faith Distinct For we walk by faith, not by sight. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7 When we comply with the written word, then we are to walk by faith. We dishonor God when we fail to trust Him after He has given such wonderful evidence of His compassionate love in the gift of His Son. We are to keep looking to Jesus, offering our prayers in faith, taking hold of His strength. If we would give more expression to our faith, rejoice more in the blessing we know we have, we would daily have great cheerfulness and strength. Feeling and faith are as distinct from each other as the East is from the West. Faith is not dependent on feeling. Daily we should dedicate ourselves to God and believe that Christ understands and accepts the sacrifice without examining ourselves to see if we have that degree of feeling that we think should correspond with our faith. Have we not the assurance that our Heavenly Father is more willing to give the Holy Spirit to them that ask Him in faith than parents are to give good gifts to their children? We should go forward as if to every prayer that we send to the throne of God, we heard the response from the one whose promises never fail. Even when depressed by sadness, it is our privilege to make melody in our hearts to God. When we do this, the mists and clouds will be rolled back and we will pass from the shadow and darkness into the clear sunshine of his presence. If we educated our souls to have more faith, more love, greater patience, a more perfect trust in our Heavenly Father, we would have more peace and happiness as we pass through the conflicts of this life. The Lord is not pleased to have us fret and worry ourselves out of the arms of Jesus. 
He is the only source of every grace, the fulfillment of every promise, the realization of every blessing. Our pilgrimage would indeed be lonely were it not for Jesus. I will not leave you comfortless. John chapter 14 verse 18 He says to us, Let us cherish His words, believe His promises, repeat them day by day and meditate upon them in the night season and be happy. Amen. The title of our devotion for today is Feeling and Faith Distinct. About two days ago, we were able to look at Saved by God's Grace and we've also seen before that what is faith. And we have been trying to compare faith and feeling and see the stark difference between the two and we'll continue to do that today. So, we've seen already that faith is to believe on the word of God and act based on that belief. If we do not have the word of God and we are exercising a belief in something that is not the kind of faith the Bible is talking about, that will be presumption. Before you can say you are exercising faith as God would have you to do, you must first have a promise from the word of God which tells you that God has said he will do this. And then when he says he will do this, if you do this, when you fulfill the condition, it is your privilege to expect that God will do what he says he will do. And it is your privilege not only to expect, but to believe that that which he said he will do is done. So, the groundwork of faith is to believe that God said, God, what God says he will do, he will do. And the evidence of that is the cross. That is what gives us the assurance because we have read in Romans 8, 31, 32, if God be for us who can be against us, he that spared not his own son, that's what we consider, that someone who would not withhold his best gift from us, how then should we doubt that he would give us lesser gifts? The Bible puts it this way, he that spared not his own son, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things because we consider that the best gift that heaven has to offer is the life of Jesus and that has already been given to us then if the life has been given to us if Jesus has given his own life to us how shall he not give us all things we know and we are sure that whatever God says he will do he would do and that is why we have faith will believe then that if he says that when we do this or that that he will do another thing in return we do not need to doubt we do not need to question we are sure he will do it as far as we believe the first line of our devotion here says when we comply with the written word then we are to walk by faith we dishonor god when we fail to trust him after he has given such wonderful evidence of his compassionate love in the gift of his son that is reiterating what we have been saying since as we define faith in hebrews 11 verse 1 faith is the is the 
substance of things so for evidence of things not seen so the evidence of things not seen is the death of jesus i have not seen god forgiving me in the sense of the fact that it is an abstract thing but i have evidence that he will indeed forgive me if i do what he says i should do and what did he say i should do he said if you confess your sins that's 1 john 1 verse 9 if i do this he will do that and what am i supposed to confess and he says he will forgive what is the evidence that god forgives me the evidence is the death of jesus do i feel it then does it matter whether i feel it should i be checking myself to see whether i feel forgiven and what if i don't feel forgiven does it mean i am not forgiven that is where we see the distinction between faith and feeling yesterday we read it in review and herald march 27 1888 there are thoughts and feelings suggested and aroused by satan that annoy even the best of men but if they are not cherished if they are repulsed as hateful the soul is not contaminated with guilt and no other is defiled by their influence so when satan can arouse feelings in me am i to be trusting my feelings and to be checking my feelings as an evidence for whether i have received what god said he would give no i'm not to do that what i am to do is to believe the word of god and be assured that what he says he will do he will do whether i feel it or not feeling and faith are distinct from each other as the east is from the west faith is not dependent on feeling daily we should dedicate ourselves to god and believe not feel now believe that christ understands and accepts the sacrifice without examining ourselves to see if we have that degree of feeling that we think should correspond with our faith we don't need to check ourselves to see whether i feel loved god has said he loves me do i feel loved that is a different issue but i am to believe whether i feel loved or not it is my duty to believe that i am loved why not because i feel it but because god said it that is what it means to exercise faith faith is dependent on the word not dependent on feeling has the word of god said you are loved yes it has said so do you believe you are loved i should believe so do i feel loved i may feel so or i may not feel so but how can i get that feeling feeling is not a bad thing but we must understand the distinction between feeling and faith if we follow god all the way because we feel like following him then what happens when we don't feel like following him since we are functioning based on feeling i feel this i feel that and that's a very bad experience for people many people function based on how they feel you hear people saying my spirit says this my spirit says that what what does the word of god have to do with how your spirit says this or says that and when they say my spirit says this and my spirit says that what they're actually saying is i feel this or i feel that you see people who meet a person for the first time and they say my spirit does not go well with his spirit it does not rhyme you feel somehow around the person does that mean that that person is bad just because you feel that way see when you function by feeling when you meet jesus how are you going to feel what if you feel that same way when you meet jesus do you think your your spirit and his spirit will rhyme and what if it does not rhyme does it make him a bad person you see people who function by feeling are not christians you are not a christian if you are functioning by feeling you don't have the word of god for something and yet you function based on how you feel about that thing and then you tell someone about something the word of god says and they have to check their feeling first their god feeling feeling how do you feel about this thing the word of god says this 
and they are consulting feeling. I don't feel like doing it. So that means God is not your God anymore. You have become a God to yourself because you are obeying feeling. You are consulting feeling first before doing what God's word says. A very classic example of how people function by feeling instead of by faith is seen when they encounter things in the word of God that they don't feel like doing. Many people think they are Christians, but they are not. Like I said, anyone who is functioning by feeling is not a Christian. I'll give you an example in my own life. I grew up in areas where certain things the word of God condemns were never looked at as evil. For example, cross-dressing and even some things that have to do with uh, like movie watching, music, listening to all this secular music. I grew up believing these things were okay. If I functioned by my feeling, I wouldn't see anything wrong in watching movies and in engaging in even going as far as uh, the music industry and the rest, even entering into the music industry. There were times in my own mind where I felt, oh, maybe I want to be like a music artist and all of that. Why did I feel that? I didn't see anything wrong with it. The only reason you will hear me talking about it today as being wrong when it comes to things like cross-dressing, especially because for me, I personally didn't see anything wrong with that. My, where I, I grew up in areas where women dress like men very well, very well. So in my own mind, there was nothing wrong with that. And even till now, I could see people dressing that way and I wouldn't feel bad about it. That's feeling now. The only way I will talk about it as being wrong is because of studying the word of God and seeing where these things have gone wrong. My own education did not teach me it was wrong growing up. My feeling till now does not revolt against it. The only way I see it as wrong is because of the word of God. And that is how we should function. In going out to preach to people, you find out that you can go from passage to passage and read the word of God with his forcible words. I mean, saying clear things to people, for example, that has to do with Sabbath or that has to do with their practices and these things are so clear as day but yet many will tell you that they are not going to do it why not because they cannot see it in the word of god because they function by their feelings especially i'll single out the sabbath both those who who claim to keep the sabbath and those who feel that it is not necessary to keep it you find out that many people break the sabbath without batting an eye because it's not like adultery or like killing many people when you hear kill oh they revolt at it not because it is so wrong as when you compare it to the sabbath but because of their feelings they feel that this one oh is so bad but the, the word of god tell you that one one commandment is higher than the other even if it told you so, God calls some things abominations. And what is abomination? Something that you should revolt at. Your feelings should revolt at it. Your, you should be repulsed by it. God is repulsed at certain things, but I repulsed at the same thing. If you read the Bible, it says that it is abomination that to even break the Sabbath. I remember that he even said that those who break the Sabbath should be stoned. Those who overeat gluttony should be also stoned. That was one thing in the Old Testament. But do you feel that gluttony is such a terrible thing? How many people confess, Oh Lord, forgive me for I was a glutton today. Forgive me for eating too much. Do you do that? Because you don't feel that it is bad. That's the reason. But when you study the word of God and let it inform your faith, you will function by faith. And if you overeat, 
you will realize you have sinned. What did the Bible say in Ezekiel 16 verse 49? Behold, this was the iniquity of Sodom, pride, fullness of bread, and abundance of idleness was in her and in her daughters. And she committed evil, wherefore I took her away as I saw fit. Do you feel that pride is a sin? Do you feel that abundance of idleness is an iniquity? Do you feel that overeating is a sin? God feels so, but do you? If I come to tell you now that you are committing iniquity by overeating or being proud, let's leave pride because that one is somehow many people find it difficult to even identify that they are proud. But I don't think overeating, you find it difficult to see that you are overeating or that you are idle. Do you feel that those things are sins? You find out that because you don't feel so, you will not do anything to stop it. And that's how it is with many other things that the Word of God says. I've singled out some of them for you like the Sabbath, dressing, idleness, overeating. No, no one wants to talk, talk about these things as sin. And even when you talk about it, nobody, you find, let me not say nobody, people, majority, don't want to confess these things as sins. Neither do they feel bad about it. Neither do they make efforts to stop it. The reason is they are functioning by their feeling. If only they can feel bad about it, they will make efforts to stop it. But because they don't feel bad about it, they won't stop. A man called Ray Comfort in YouTube is the owner of the, the, the channel called Living Waters. He usually goes out to preach to people, talk to people to come to Christ, to receive salvation. One day, just recently here, he met Adventists. And I, from how he spoke, he, he usually meets Seventh-day Adventists. But in April 20, just here, he made a video saying that usually when he goes out to preach, he meets Seventh-day Adventists and they ask him about the Sabbath. He met just one young man on the street and the young man asked him, are you keeping the Sabbath? And then he asked the young man, do you think you should be asking this question since your friend, because the young man's friend was there, who he was trying to win to Christ. Your friend is here and we are trying to win him to Christ. Do you think this question is relevant when we are trying to bring salvation to someone? And the young man told him, I am concerned about your salvation. Because Ray Comfort, the owner of Living Waters, was telling him, shouldn't you be more concerned about your friend's salvation more than this issue of Sabbath? And the young man told him, I am concerned about your own salvation and even the salvation of my friend. You need to keep the Sabbath to be saved. And then he stopped the video there and then started to explain how it is not necessary to keep Sabbath. My point is, this man most likely does not feel that keep breaking the Sabbath is wrong. And that's the reason why he doesn't see it as necessary. And that's why I say, if we function by our feeling, we are not Christians. We are not Christians when we do that. A Christian does not follow his feeling. Jesus did not follow his feeling at Gethsemane. If he was to follow his feeling, he would not die on the cross. And he explained that himself. He made it clear. Three times he wanted to leave. Three times he said, this cup should be taken away from me. He felt differently from what he did. But he exercised faith that day. And by exercising faith, he was able to do what God, his father, wanted him to do. I want to go through the experience that Jesus had on that cross so that we understand how to deal with feelings. I'm reading from Desire of Ages, page 756, paragraph 3. It says, Amid the awful darkness, apparently forsaken of God, Christ had drained the last dregs in the cup of human woe. In those dreadful hours, he had relied upon the evidence of his father's acceptance heretofore given. He was acquainted with the character of his father. 
he understood his justice, his mercy, and his great love. By faith, he rested in him, ever whom it had ever been his joy to obey. And as in submission, he committed himself to God. The sense of the loss of his father's favor was withdrawn. By faith, Christ was victor. So, Christ felt apparently forsaken. It looked as if the father had left him. So, how was it that Jesus was able to feel better about himself? He relied on the evidence of the father's love that was given to him before. He remembered when God had been with him. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. He remembered all those experiences where he had said, the father has not left me. To him, everything around him looked as though the father had left him. Remember the Bible says that darkness came that day, surrounding everyone. And later that darkness settled on Jesus, which looked like a a bad woman. And the people started to say, he saved others. Why don't he save himself? Everything around him looked as though the father had left him. All things felt that way. But how was Jesus able to overcome? He relied on the evidence of the father's acceptance here to forgive him. And it says he has in submission, he committed himself to God. Then the sense of the loss of his father's favor was withdrawn. Do you see what happened to Jesus? By faith, the feeling was changed. He first of all exercised faith and committed himself to the father and after doing that what happened next the sense that feeling of the loss of the father's favor was withdrawn and by faith christ was victor early writings page 72 paragraph 1 says feeling is not faith the two are distinct faith is ours to exercise but joyful feeling and the blessing are god's to give The grace of God comes to the soul through the channel of living faith, and that faith it is in our power to exercise. Faith is ours to exercise, it says. It is not for you to produce feelings. Feelings come and go, and it is not dependent on you. Satan can arouse them. God can give them to you. For you, you cannot produce them for yourself. Now, as you are listening to this devotion, try feeling excited. Can you just make yourself feel excited? No. Can you make yourself feel uh, depressed, very, very depressed right now? You find out that it's not, it's not in our hands to produce feelings, but it's in our hands to exercise faith. Then, after exercising faith, just as it happened to Jesus, God can supply the feeling. Joyful feeling is God's to give. So we are not to depend on feeling, but on faith. So how is it that we learn to walk by faith? You need to know the promises of God. If you don't know the promises, it will be difficult for you to exercise faith. Because those promises are the weapons of our warfare. When certain feelings come to us, except we have promises from the word of God contradicting those feelings, we will allow our feelings to direct our actions. And one thing we should understand is when you know you are living by faith, do you know when you are living by faith? It is when your feeling is opposed to duty and yet you do duty, then you know you are living by faith. You can only exercise faith when your feeling is opposed to God's word. That is when we know that you are exercising faith. When you feel like doing what God asks you to do, we are not sure that you are exercising faith. And you can't be sure also because you enjoy doing it. 
You enjoy what God has told you to do. But look at Abraham. Was it enjoyable for him to take his son and in his heart he has already uh, sacrificed Isaac and was about to do it physically until he was stopped from doing that? That was not a good experience for Abraham. He didn't feel like doing it. That was the expression of faith by Abraham. Going against his feelings. How about you? How many times have you gone against your feelings to do what God asks you to do? How many times? If you've not been doing that, then you've not been exercising faith. We exercise faith when we have feelings that go opposed to God's way. If you feel like always doing what God asks you to do, then that is not faith. It is when we feel opposed and yet do it that we exercise faith. We cannot exercise faith unless we feel negative. When you feel negative about something God says you do and you still do what God says you do, that is faith. And just because you feel something, that doesn't mean that that is what you are. So if you let your feelings mold you, you find out that you will never be saved. And your feelings, you must understand, do not go away like a piece of magic. It is not something you just snap your fingers or say some magic word and then feelings will go away. They take time. But one thing you must understand that even though feelings take time to go away, they don't last forever. If we exercise faith, after a while, the feeling will go away and God will supply the right feelings. If we exercise faith, the feeling will be removed quicker than when we do not exercise faith. We are to pray to ask God to take away the feelings after we have exercised faith. Ask him for strength and patience to go through whatever you are passing through, even though you don't feel good. Then pray to God and wait for the feeling that only faith can bring. Remember, faith is ours to exercise. Joyful feeling is God's to give after we have exercised that faith. And that's what we have been studying. People are waiting for a feeling that only faith can bring to them. It is the, is the best thing that God does to us when we exercise faith and then he gives us the feeling in return. So, let us understand that we need to have promises. That's what I feel like when you go through this devotion, you find out that what is really important for us is know God's promises. Know them and use them as weapons for, for your warfare. Do you feel sad? God has told you, why is my soul quieted down within me? Hope in God. God has given you many promises that if you believe on them, your sadness will be taken away. Do you feel not loved? We have already looked at that. God said he loves us. Exercise faith that he loves you. Believe that he loves you. Have the assurance in yourself that he loves you. And then you'll find out that in time, that feeling of being unloved will go away. Whatever feeling it is, the word of God has weapons to cast down those imaginations that make us feel whatever way we feel. So it is for us to go and find out what has God promised me. And remember, you are not to claim the promise if you have not fulfilled the condition. You must fulfill the condition before claiming the promise. To not fulfill the condition and then claim the promise is presumption. And also to claim a promise that was not given is still presumption. Only claim the promises God gave, fulfill the conditions, and it is ours to exercise faith on them. God will supply the feelings. There is a distinction between faith and feeling. And we must not function by feeling, but by faith. May God give us the grace to do that, is my prayer. Amen. Now the text says, For we walk by faith, not by sight. 
then I'll read from the third paragraph where it says we should go forward as if to every prayer that we send to the throne of God we heard the response from the one whose promises never fail even when depressed by sadness it is our privilege to make melody in our hearts to God this reminds me of the story of the Exodus in Exodus chapter 14 verse 15 and the Lord said unto Moses wherefore criest thou unto me speak unto the children of Israel that they go forward now you understand that they were standing on the banks of the sea behind them the Egyptians were coming and they could not go forward nor backward the, the sea was standing in front of them and they cried oh we are finished but the promise was that they are to cross the Red Sea they are to cross that sea and so God was telling them why are you crying speak unto the children of Israel that they go forward it was by faith they passed that they passed through the Red Sea as by dry land Hebrews chapter 11 verse 29 in marching down to the very water they showed that they believed the word of God as spoken by Moses they did all that was in the power to do and then the mighty one of Israel divided the sea to make a path for their feet they moved forward by faith feelings will see what is there feeling will just look at what is standing before you but faith sees what should be there let there be light and there was light by faith the walls were framed Hebrews chapter 11 verse 3 See, through faith we understand that the walls were framed by the word of God so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear we also remember the story of the ten Hebrew spies there were twelve of them ten refuted the claims that God had given them the land they could see no possibility of going past those high walls they could see no possibility of defeating the giants and so they refused and they turned the whole congregation against Moses and against Joshua and Caleb but after 40 years we saw what faith did they did not even need to fight for the walls to come down God told Joshua to march around the walls no bulldozers no caterpillars just march around the walls and later the blue trumpet and that was all the walls of Jericho came down the walls that they felt they could not bring down they did not even need to fight to bring it down God had promised and he will bring it to pass feelings is against faith even in war we remember the story of Gideon when Gideon called for soldiers in the battle 32,000 came against an enemy that it is said in the Bible that they were numbered as the sons of the sea 32,000 against that kind of number is impossible but God told them that there were too many and he ordered Gideon to carry them to the place where they could see the enemy to which they are about to fight and when they saw the enemy the enemies and then the call was made that those who are afraid should return from the battle lest they go into the battle and cause the hands of their brothers to fail 
22,000 returned. And at the end, God finally picked 300 soldiers. And to, to crown it all, these 300 men did not even need to fight. See, those 22,000 were afraid and they left. But the 300 that finally went to the battle did not need to fight. All they did was to follow the others, a pitcher, a torch, and a trumpet, and the enemies were routed. So let us learn to stand upon the promises of God. The reading says, when we do this, the mist and the floods, the clouds, will be rolled back and we will pass from the shadow and darkness into the clear sunshine of his presence. Another story is in 2 Kings chapter 7. In the midst of a famine, a terrible famine in Samaria, Elisha prophesied that the famine will come to an end the next day. Then Elisha said, Hear ye the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord, Tomorrow about this time shall a measure of wheat, a measure of fine flour, will be sold for a shekel and two measures of barley for a shekel in the gates of Samaria. Now this was a terrible famine and one man, one man could see, he could see that it's not possible for this to happen. Relying on his sight, he could see no possibility of the promise coming to pass. In verse 2 he says, Then a Lord on whose hand the king leaned answered the man of God and said, Behold, if the Lord will make windows in heaven, might this thing be? And he said, Behold, thou shalt see it with thine eyes, but shalt not eat thereof. And it was indeed a terrible famine. You understand that the man was speaking based on what he saw, but he was told that he will see it, but he will not eat thereof. Was the problem a real one? Yes, it was a real famine. But more real is the promises of God. Now look at the strange means through which God accomplished his promise. Verse 3, And there were four leprous men at the entering of the gate, and they said one to another, Why sit we here until we die? If we say we will enter into the city, then the famine is in the city, and we shall die there. And if we sit still here, we die also. Now therefore come, let us fall unto the host of the Syrians. And if they save us alive, we shall live. And if they kill us, we shall die. Now pay attention to the words they use. Let us fall unto. It's a military language. It's as if they are going to stomp the camp. They were ready for that. They were ready for war. So these four leprous men, the Bible says, and they rose up in the twilight to go unto the camp of the Syrians. And when they come to the uttermost part of the camp of Syria, behold, there was no man there. For the Lord had made the host of the Syrians to hear a noise of chariots and a noise of horses and even the noise of a great host. And they said one to another, Lo, the king of Israel had hired against us the kings of the Hittites and the kings of the Egyptians to come upon us. Wherefore they arose and fled in the twilight and left their tents and their horses and their asses, even the camp as it was, and fled for their lives. When the, these lepers came to the uttermost part of the camp, 
they went into one tent and did eat and drink and carried then silver and gold and raiment and went and hid it and came again and entered into another tent and carried thence also and went and hid it then they said one to another we do not well this day is a day of good tidings and we hold our peace if we tarry till the morning light some mischief will come upon us now and therefore come that we may go and tell the king's household so we see how god brought the message to the king's household even the king could see that it was too good to be true the king was afraid he thought it was a trap and then he sent men to go and check and they confirmed that it was true so god is a keeper of his promises if we stand upon god's word and refuse to move then he will move on our behalf god calls upon his faithful ones who believe in him to talk courage to those who are unbelieving and hopeless turn to the lord ye prisoners of hope seek strength from god the living god show an unwavering humble faith in his power and his willingness to save when in faith we take hold of his strength he will change wonderfully change the most hopeless discouraging outlook he will do this for the glory of his name when we comply with the written word then we are to walk by faith we dishonor god when we fail to trust him after he has given such wonderful evidence of his compassionate love and the gift of his son we have so many stories like isaac he dug a well and they strove with him and he lost the well feelings tells you not to dig again because they will strive again with you but he dug again and they strove with him and he lost it but he dug again because he understands that by faith he has been promised so much and he has god's promises to back his actions and he dug again satan is using our feelings to fight us but we from the text we see that without faith it is impossible to please god with feelings you we cannot please god our tears will not please him although he's pitiful towards us as a father but we must please him by our faith we must show faith in his word so i'll read again have we not the assurance that our heavenly father is more willing to give the holy spirit to them that ask him in faith than parents are to give good gifts to their children we have the promise we need to go to god by faith to claim that promise he's willing to give us the holy spirit by faith if we educate our souls to have more faith more love greater patience a more perfect trust in our heavenly father we will see more peace and happiness as we pass through the conflict of this life the lord is not pleased to have us fret and worry ourselves out of the arms of jesus he is only he is the only source of every grace the fulfillment of every promise the realization of every blessing so it is my prayer that this will be our experience as we by faith stand upon the word of god amen let us pray our heavenly father 
we thank you for today we thank you for your word that has been made flesh even in our own lives we thank you for the admonition that we shall walk by faith and not by sight let what we see don't be the bedrock upon which we lay our hopes but what your word has written help us to trust explicitly upon thy written word and help us to walk by faith even today this is our prayer to christ our lord amen